In this week's episode, we get up close and personal with the DC annuals, give our goodbyes to paper girls, and get a sneak peek at the candy-eating habits of your favorite Cover B crew. It's all happening now on Cover B. Hey everybody, welcome back to Cover B. What's up, gang? I hope you're having a good week. What up? We're ready what? for the... What? How, how you be? I'm trying to have a conversation here. Me too. You're not using words. You're just like throwing up pretend gang signs. So did you like how Marvel released yet another deleted scene for Avengers Endgame and it completely redeems Captain Marvel's character? Oh my god, I and cried. And makes her less of a pain in the ass. I cried <laughs> like a little bitch. Dude, I don't... Yeah, yeah. Why did we need five minutes of selfie Hulk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, and, I'm always and so And the mad. argument with him and Ant-Man yeah, yeah, yeah. that took forever, that already got to the point where it just sort of felt uncomfortable yeah, because it got, was rolling on too Hulk long. dab, and... But we didn't get... Oh, Carol. Captain, my captain. Yeah, we didn't get Carol seeing T'Challa take a knee and being like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this, too, and being, like, reverent to somebody who just sacrificed themselves. Well, and it wasn't even just like, oh, hey, T'Challa did this, so I should do this, too. Yeah, it, no, was, she... it was so militaristic. Yeah, like, yeah. It was built in her that, like, this is how you honor a soldier. Yeah, and I'm like, I mean... why didn't you let her have that? Yeah, what I mean is, like, T'Challa did it first, and then she sees that and is like, whoa, that's oh, a yeah, good yeah, idea. Yeah. Boom. And it's exactly. just down. It's not like, uh, I'm looking around and everyone else is doing this. Let me take a knee. It was like, ah, oh, that's a good way of doing this knee and her face literally like you see well, i guess her hawkeye face. did it first but hawkeye's was more of a like hawkeye i think just i collapsed. have no superpowers and have been running for the past like <laughs> hour and a half yeah i think hawkeye just kind of passed out i feel like that's the that's the part of and i don't know maybe they covered this in the hawkeye comics like the map fraction ones but i feel like that's the part of hawkeye's story i want to see is like hawkeye trying to be like yeah i'm badass i'm just like the super people and, like, going home after they save New York from the Chitari and just, like, ow. Like, peeling his shirt off. Like, ah. And just, like, ice packs and icy hot everywhere. Kelly just, Thompson kind of approaches that in the West, the, the West, West Coast, Coast Avengers. Because not only is there, like, scenes where, like, um, male Hawkeye and female Hawkeye are, like, damaged on the couch and america chavez is like let's go do stuff i'm bored and they're like ow but it also plays on <laughs> him being older than everyone else and so yeah. he's like i don't have the abilities I that i used to have don't have the energy for this i can't yeah. with you people and it's, it's like you know in the netflix shows they kind of hit on that stuff with like daredevil and punisher but they were both so like determined that they just like push through the pain i want someone who's just they're pushing through the pain for show and then when no one else is around, they just like go to their freezer and there's like it's just full of ice packs. <laughs> they just yeah, dump right? them on their bed and then just like oh. <laughs> You just hear the sizzling yeah. as it melts underneath. <laughs> you know, the, they they defeat some sort of big bad and then but it turns out towards the end of the movie that the big bad's back and then like Captain America calls Hawkeye and is like, Hawkeye Thanos is back. Can you be ready in five minutes? And Hawkeye's in like a bathtub of like ice with like lavender <laughs> candles everywhere. And Epsom it's just, like, salts. It's like, 
Yeah, you know, I was just doing some training. I'll be there. Just be had there to in five. get in my squats for the day. Yeah, you know, I was just working out. Uh, you know, I got to keep fit, right? <laughs> you know, you get it. <laughs> Hawkeye, are you crying? No, it's, it's, I got sweat in my eyes. Rickety connection. <laughs> yeah. I just, I love working out so much. Poor Clint. Anyway, we should talk about comics. Oh, yeah. We read stuff. What did you read this week? You read a lot this week. Yeah, Good so Lord. it was a fifth Wednesday. Uh, for those of you, we mentioned a lot on the show, but I always like to cover it. For you, those of you who don't know, most months... Comics always come out on Wednesday. Most months have four Wednesdays. Occasionally, there's a fifth Wednesday if, you know, the last day of the month is on Wednesday or on Thursday um, or on Friday or on Saturday. I don't know why. <laughs> you got really specific there, babe. Yeah, I don't know why I limited it. <laughs> but I don't know where the math the, – there's math there. There sure. might be some days where – anyway, um, there's <laughs> there's five Wednesdays in, Wednesdays. in July – and whenever they do that, the companies tend to release special issues, um, one shots, and most particularly these things called annuals, which are kind of exterior stories that sometimes tie into the main story. Sometimes they're just bonus content um, and just give you – I always like to pick up annuals because they're fun to just kind of pick up because a lot of times they don't really rely too heavily on like a bunch of extra knowledge of what's happening in like the previous issue. Okay. So as long as you have a general idea of what this character's been up to, you don't really need a ton of like build up. Um, Marvel, to my knowledge, only had two annuals. One of them was involved in Secret Warps and Venom, and honestly, I haven't read those yet. Um, but what I did read was DC had three annuals. Goodness. Um, and a Batman Secret Files, which man, eh, it was okay. It was basically a teaser trailer comic. Um, Go figure. So the three annuals were Red Hood, Outlaw, Justice League Dark, and Green Lantern. I read all three of those, and they were all fun. If you're looking, like, if any of those titles have been something that you've kind of teased with, like, oh, maybe I'll jump into that, but you feel like you're too far away, but you want to get, like, some stories from those characters, it's a good time. The Justice League Dark one was very Swamp Thing heavy, and does do a good bit of setup for what's going to happen in the story. Um going forward so if you're keeping up with swamp thing and you're the type of person that usually passes on the annuals a lot of people do um probably want to pick that one up because it sets up this new character that's potentially going to be a big deal um but if you like swamp thing it was a cool swamp thing story it was very dark um justice league dirk um and at least he's getting love in the comics. Yeah, it was fairly like it had some twisted moments, and it was the or art was something. done by Guillaume March, um, so it was very nice. Uh, Red Hood was equally cool. It picks up with Artemis. It was all about Artemis and Bizarro, because um, they cool. used to be at the start of Rebirth. It was Red Hood and the Outlaws, and it was him with Bizarro, Superman, and Artemis. Then at some point, Bizarro went from being, like, dumb old Bizarro to being super smart. I don't know what happened. I wasn't actually reading it. But I know that he created some sort of quantum door. Oh. And shit got crazy. And he got sucked into it. And Artemis, like, jumped in after him. And Red Hood stayed behind. And then he went on to be just outlaw. Like, Red Hood outlaw. And he's got a crowbar now, which is really messed up. Because that's what 
Joker used on him. Um, and he beats crap out of bad guys, notably like the penguin and stuff. Um, anyway, this focuses on what happened to Artemis and Bizarro. And it was probably, probably my favorite of the three that I read. I really liked the Green Lantern one and I'll talk about that one. But this one introduced another Earth, like an Earth that to my knowledge we haven't seen yet. Um, and it was really compelling and I want them to go back to that earth and do more stuff in it. But essentially the premise was at some point, nobody really knew what you find out eventually like what caused everything. But there was this event called hero day where some sort of bomb went off that depowered all the, uh, supers, all the metas and meted all the normies oh my god and essentially what people realized like what happened is society was like you lorded your strength over us for too long and they killed off all the superheroes (gasps) um and super villains and stuff um and there's like an underground resistance made up of some metas and i think the joker who's unjokered and he's going by jackknife anyway um okay and yeah it 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 was a really cool world like it was just a really cool world to see and it was a cool concept and it kind of pissed me off because i totally had that idea for a potential like internet series i was going to be writing like that exact fucking idea (laughs) um so i was like reading it and i was like whoa you know all the supers got killed off that's crazy and then this like dude explains it like starts to like monologue on it as he tries to attack bizarro and artemis and i was like wait hold on (laughs) DC's been in my journal again. I hate it when that happens. Yeah, you know. I was the one who invented Batwoman. No, I wasn't. Um, I have a question. Yeah. Sorry, this is mildly unrelated. But what? Is the reason why Red Hood slash Outlaw keeps picking on the Penguin because he doesn't have much reach with the crowbar? Uh, so Penguin's small and easily obtainable? Probably. It's also probably the fact that when you hit penguin with something very hard and sturdy he makes a noise like a large fleshy whoopee cushion (laughs) i'd imagine (laughs) i imagine he's like you know (laughs) i'd do that i would just be kicking the penguin all the time (laughs) (laughs) stop no no more Okay, you can go to the Green Lantern one now. Sorry. <laughs> in Arkham Cafeteria, they like put Penguin on Killer Croc's chair when Killer Croc gets up to <laughs> get some more fruit punch, and he comes back and he says like, <laughs> "You guys!" <laughs> They're all laughing. Oh, God. Penguin's crying. Anyway, anyway, uh, so the Green Lantern one <laughs> was really fun. It it was um. Hal was at his family's house and something went down and like all the adults passed out. And so it was like Hal and the kids, which I guess how I didn't know Hal Jordan's nephew was a superhero called radio radio wave something. Hmm. Um, okay. Some sort of radio based superhero. And Hal doesn't consider himself a superhero anymore. He considers himself a cop. He's a space cop. So he's not really all about the superheroing, but I guess Hal Jordan Jr. is. And um, it was it was just funny. It was weird. And I, I think at the end they suggested that none of it really happened. It was just a story him and the kids came up with to explain why, why all the adults passed out from spiked punch. 
Mm. Um, I think that's what I was supposed to, or they were just like filling them, or they like the radio creatures. There was like radio creatures, like radio wave aliens, and um, so either like they spiked the punch and then made up the radio wave aliens, or the radio wave happened. But that's not why the people passed out. The people actually passed out because of the spike punch. I don't know. Um, something something of that caliber. Cute. Happened. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was, it was cool. I mean, it was a fun, fun book. Let me, I'm trying to find out what, uh, I want to make sure that I get Hal Jordan Jr.'s name correct here. Oh, and he rescues. It was funny because so he's at like his family's house, and these radio, this radio wave alien like takes over all the passed out. Uh, Airwave, Airwave is his name. Um, takes over all the like passed out adults, and Hal wakes them up by like talking about their like dysfunctional drama, and then they all like snap out of it so they can argue with each other. <laughs> talk about how Hal Jordan's a bad influence and like all this stuff. <laughs> And so his family's like fighting and there's a scene where it's like all the adults are fighting and the kids are standing behind Hal and he just like turns and gives him a thumbs up. (laughs) There's all these like, you should, you should have known he's a bad influence. Just ask Karen. Don't you dare bring Karen into this. Like all this stuff. And he's just like, thumbs up kids. And I'm like, man. Yep. (laughs) But yeah, so those annuals are out. Check them out. They are very cool. Um, Annuals are fun. I like to pick up annuals. Don't be afraid of annuals. A lot of people are afraid of annuals. They're like, whoa, what the hell is this? It's extra big, and it's like an extra dollar, and it doesn't even pertain to the story I was reading. I want to find out what happens to Red Hood and the Penguin and what weird noises he's going to make. This doesn't involve that. Well, annuals are still fun. They're usually a good time. And maybe he's beating somebody else with a crowbar, and they're making an entirely different sound. Yeah, right. Maybe someone else does more of a quack instead of a thump. You don't know. Howard the Duck. (laughs) Oh, poor Howard. Wag. Uh, Cool. So I also read a DC book. There are a lot of Batman titles right now. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you guys knew that. Batman's popular. But um, there's there's a lot of Batman happening. I did a blog post on this. You should check it out. You did. You should. (laughs) Part of the thing about having this many batman titles similar to what happens when you have this many spider-man titles is that some of them are freaking weird mm-hmm. the weird title i'd like to share is last night on earth number two mm-hmm. guys old man bats i don't entirely know what the f is happening in this <laughs> book all i know is that Joker in a jar is my new favorite character in any He just DC really wants to be ever. Robin, man. He wants to be Robin. And it's interesting because they depict him in two different voices in the book. Mm-hmm. Because he's depicted in, like, standard, you know, joker behavior type voice. Like, think Mark Hamill. There it is. Mm-hmm. And that's in, like, green text. But then there's this, like, super proper, super yeah, poetic, he's... super, like elaborate and intuitive and articulate prose yeah he's the narrator and he's a very reliable narrator and it's like 
and it's a beautiful language like it struck me how very poetic yeah yeah like that you can see everything and i mean not mm. just because it's a comic and there's art but like well that's the thing and this this marginally bothered me so i want to this is a good segue to it there's a lot of times where you do have to see what he's describing they're traversing this like wasteland where all these like super people it's like it's like old man logan it's 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 old man logan like we if we can just accept <laughs> that last <laughs> night on earth is just batman old man logan it's pretty much the same thing it's really good and entertaining but it's old man logan anyway they're traversing this like wasteland where like there's all these bizarre twisted like versions of superheroes and supervillains and there's points where they just describe something that they're traversing through honestly it aggravated me a little bit because i was like that sounds dope like there, there's one that's like a spaceship graveyard and there's like Thanagarian ships and Martian ships and all these different like space yeah. races of ships. We don't see it. Nope. That that description is literally on a blank page because it's a white page because on it's a full spread, so it's a full splash. And on the right page, Batman's climbing up the Fortress of Solitude, so everything's covered in snow. And the left page is just snowdrift. And that's where we get this like epic narrative description. description of this like epic spaceship graveyard when i thought about it and i kind of literacized it a little bit when i did my whole like english major thing on it it's actually very clever because joker might not be the most reliable resource mm -hmm. and narrator so like to have this very vivid description against this like white background it really just extends that position of distrust between us and this maniacal head in a jar. Well, I also, you know? there's also some level to be spoken of about how much Joker is romanticizing everything that's taking place in the book. Yeah. Because he's finally achieving what he's always wanted in his twisted little brain. Mm -hmm. At least this version of Joker. I think yeah, maybe yeah. some part of all versions of Joker. They just want to be close to bats. Yeah. And he's literally, for unknown reasons, Batman just can't put him down. And so Joker in a jar is just going along for the ride. And he finally gets to be close to Bats. And he finally gets to, you know, be in this weird symbiotic relationship. And everything could be stark manila colored. But to Joker, mm. it's the best time ever. Or at least the most vivid, most memorable experience. Because he finally got what he wanted. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, the whole separation between, uh, like, what Joker's saying when he's in the jar and the narration just goes to show, and this week really made me realize this, is that Scott Snyder understands Batman and Batman's world better than a lot of writers do that's so true like scott snyder just gets these characters and i know he gets like he gets kind of idolized and like put on a pedestal as this like batman guy because the new 52 run was so amazing and like other writers have done really really well like i mean currently tom king is doing really well he's had some misses and that's fine you know because he's tried to do some really drastic things and it hasn't always panned out right but you know, Scott Snyder just does extraordinarily well at understanding, 
like the core fundamentals of what makes like the subtle unspoken motivations of these characters so like joker acts the way the joker does but he doesn't think and operate the way the joker acts deep down there's more going on there and making him the narrator and he has moments where he's talking about like it's freaking crazy and stuff like that but it's all still like in reference to him knowing who he's supposed to be not necessarily who he actually is it's all a performance oh absolutely you know he's a performer and this joker character is him performing and that's crazy that is crazy some authors just understand certain characters Mm -hmm. better than anybody else and and you know some writers just lean towards certain characters for whatever reason and they can write other characters well but there's just certain bonds i think that are formed between some of some of the characters and some of the authors and it's so exciting when they actually get to like write them like mm-hmm. we'll talk about this a little later but i kind of am starting to feel that way about hickman and x-men i think yep. he may understand that on a whole other yeah level. i agree i think he just gets like the fundamentals of the x-men yeah there's just a whole a other level there yeah, so i agree um speaking of snyder just getting batman uh the other batman like big batman book not counting secret files that came out this week was batman who laughs number seven closing off the batman who laughs six issue mini yes let that sink in um first of all i wanted to say you know it's huge with comic book creators right now what alfred shooting shit I don't know what it is. Literally both these books that we've talked about has had Alfred whip out a shotgun and shoot somebody. <laughs> I read them back to back. I read Last Night on Earth and then Batman Who Laughs. And they both have a very similar sequence where Bat- like Alfred just whips a shot double barrel shotgun out of his coat. And it's like, blam, blam, blam. And just starts like unloading shells into somebody. Now that, you don't think that's related to the fact that the Penny... Where Maybe, the show is know. coming out and they're trying to like really like badassify yeah, yeah. Alfred. You know, they're gonna have Alfred start look like Mark Wahlberg and be like <laughs> Say hello to your mother for Master- me. Oh. <laughs> oh I'm sorry, Master Wayne. I get that that's hard with her being dead. Um that's that's my Mark Wahlberg. Anyway. Um <laughs> That was something. <laughs> yeah, it was- Anywho, yeah, so I, I thought that was really funny because Deceased also had a scene where really? Alfred, like, pulled out a gun and, like, shot. Yeah, it did! Because yeah, f- it was the first issue, right? Because it ended yes. with the Bat family being zombies and Alfred was like, I'm sorry, my boys, and, like, shoots them. I think so. And um, so I don't know. I'm really curious to see if there's other books that are coming out right now that just have Alfred, like, packing heat and just, like... Because there was a Batman annual... A while back that had alfred being a badass but he like put a batman mask on and like fisty cuffed a bunch of guys and then like loaded batman into the batmobile and took off but like that would have been a whole different thing if those guys were like oh hey batman's down let's find out who's under this mask and then alfred showed up and was like hey asshole <laughs> <laughs> they're like watching the news later and it's like Four men slaughtered in Gotham Park. And Batman's like, oh my god, we have a new psycho on our hands. And Alfred's like, oh yeah, he looks like a real badass. Oh man. <laughs> I don't know, Master Wayne. I, 
I think he may have had a point. Ooh, you, sh- you should go investigate that. But, uh, you know, maybe when you heal up. Uh, uh, you know what? Let the cops handle this one. No, it'll be fine. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> um, but, yeah, so I wanted to mention that because it was important. <laughs> um, but I haven't really been feeling the Batman Who Laughs many, to be honest, huh. like as a whole. It's felt a little convoluted. I haven't really gotten what the overall plan was okay and it seemed more of a way to keep the batman who laughs like get the batman who laughs into a certain place for what they want to do with him next as opposed to like an actual story that needed to happen however the ending was really good oh really (laughs) it again it literally scott snyder on the page broke down like what batman's motivations are what Joker's motivations are, what makes the Batman who laughs different, and what makes Batman the better Batman by also being the worst Bruce Wayne. And, like, all this stuff, like, he breaks, like, Batman is literally, like, sitting there, like, talking, like, blah, blah, bloop, blah, bloop, and, like, about all these facts. And you just can tell, like, he says stuff, and you're like, whoa, that makes a ton of sense about this character. Like, oh, my God, I never thought about that. Um... And I won't give those because it's it's a cool reveal. So I won't. I, I thought about having the book on me and reading excerpts, but just read it. Um, even if you haven't read the whole story, just like make it through this book. Just understand that it's like the final confrontation between Batman and the Batman who laughs. Which God, I hope they change that. I just hope they change that. I'm still hoping. It's so stupid reading a book and they're like, Batman is like, yeah, I can't believe the Batman who laughs did that, and it's like. That's the name you've gone with? Well, <laughs> you know, you hated the name Spider-Gwen, mm-hmm. and it only took them, like, three years to change her to Ghost Spider, so just hang in there. Yeah, that's fair. It um, might it might change. It just might take three years to get there. Yeah, but it was really cool. It was, it, like, that's what really triggered with me that Scott Snyder just gets this character, because he was just, he was talking about... Like, Batman was talking about what his motivations are and what the Joker's motivations are and how uh, the Batman who laughs is essentially what happens when both of them are right. And it just made some... It was like, click, click, click. It was like, whoa, like, this is the best, like, literary analysis of Batman and what, (laughs) what Batman should be. Like, I think DC needs to cut that page out and paste it on the wall. Whenever they, like, hire a new Batman writer, they're like, read. Read, this is what you this. need to know. This is what his motivations are. Relax. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was very cool. It was a cool end. Like I said, the overall the thing was fairly convoluted. The whole plot was a little like, okay, what's going on? And it never really felt super like cataclysmic. Like it always just felt like the the main thing pushing the plot was. The plot was only pushed because the Batman who laughs anticipated what Bruce was going to do. Huh. So it was just this, like, constant... It's kind of admittedly, like, the most recent uh, season of Arrow that we watched. Season 6 with mm-hmm. Diaz. And how, like, every episode, the only real, like, conflict or, like, tension was just built because Diaz anticipated what Oliver would do and stuff like that. And that's how this book was. It was, like, each issue was the real like conflict or like problem was just like i knew you'd do that and then you know go from there that was like it wasn't supposed to be but that was like a really good joker voice thank you 
That was legit. I have admittedly a Joker voice in my back pocket. I have practiced the Mark Hamill Joker and can do it pretty well. And I have not shown it to anybody yet. A, out of nerves. And B, because I want to whip it out and make it perfect. <laughs> Just like the first time I had sex. I whipped it out in church and it was perfect. Your mom listens to this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> It wasn't in a church. It was after I was married. <coughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> now for something new and different. Yeah, hey, that, uh, that Powers of 9 came out, right? Powers of 11. Powers of 12. Uh, powers of... Austin. Texas. Yeah. Powers of X. <laughs> powers of X. Powers of X. Yes. Other side of the spectrum, yep. switch into Marvel. Um, Powers of X is the, this is number one, except it sort of felt like number two of House of X, because it directly referenced stuff that happened in House of X. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's kind of... um. It's So it's interesting because it's supposed to be a separate title, and so I've actually seen people like at my local comic store getting house of x and not picking up powers of x but yeah. now that i've seen i've read powers of x i have a sneaking suspicion that not reading powers of x you're going to eventually have no idea what's going on in house yeah of x. i mean they they pitched it in the beginning that it was supposed to be a conjunct thing it's two titles that essentially make up one 12 issue thing it's just the focus of each title is going to be on a different thing you know yeah um but a lot of people didn't get that memo so they were like, I don't know, I like House of X, but Powers of X looks too future-y. And so they don't pick it up, and then they come in, like, three days later, and they're like, I need this. Also, I'm sorry, I know it's Powers of Ten, and I get that now. Powers of X, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. They, they, it's very clearly That's, articulated. I wanted to mention so that, yeah. In, it, Powers of, in Powers of Ten, they break it down into, pr- like, present... 10 yeah. years forward, uh, yeah, 100 years forward, 1,000 They identify forward. it as X0, X1, X2, X3. Um, so it's X equals 10, essentially. Uh, Marvel, if you don't know where this is coming from, Marvel did like a Instagram thing where they were answering questions, frequently asked questions about uh, House of X and Powers of 10. And one of the questions, and it was questions that they obviously posed to themselves, so it was just a marketing fodder thing. Yeah, of course. Anyway, it created a rumble because one of the things that they posted was, is it powers of X or powers of 10? And they said, it's powers of 10. It'll make sense in the book. It does make sense. X0, X1, X2, X3. 10 to the 0 is 0. That one takes place at the beginning of Charles' dream. X1, so 10 to the 1 equals 10. That takes place 10 years after, quote unquote, Charles' dream. Which I guess is the time period of it's, House of I X. Think it's, I think it's, yeah, it's the time period of House of X. It's current times. Yeah. Um, is what it's assumed to be because we know Ben Grimm just got married. Franklin's still a boy. So that's kind of our hints. To right. That being, and it's way after like the genocide and House of M and that kind of stuff. And right. all our all our favorite overdone mutants are back. Uh, where are my new mutants at? I didn't see an ounce of glob in that, you sons of bitches. Come anyway, back from it. I'm back. It's okay. Glob, you my boy. Herman. You're, 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 um, you're all right. And then it's X squared. So 10 squared is 100. That takes place 100 years in the future um, during some sort of war. 
that's going on. And then X cubed, which takes place a thousand years in the future, which is a very desolate kind of gross cyberpunk hellscape run by robots. It also looks really bright and colorful though. And like, yeah, you dig it. I, I kind of yeah. did. Like yeah. I get that they make mention of like, good thing. All them humies are dead. Stankin' humors. Like, it looks really nice. Yeah. And, pretty and clean and i don't know i really like clean i feel like robots would be really clean but the book was good it's again more to unpack there's a lot of questions uh that still remain i think the next issue house of x that comes out next week is supposed to be important if you look at the reading order in the back of these books everything is gray like everything's in a gray box except for three issues and which are in a red box and one of them is the issue next week, which, if we did our decoding, is uh, the curious case of Moira X is next week. So, I don't know. A lot of questions, a lot to unpack, a lot of setup. Um, again, like you said, Hickman just kind of gets these characters really he well. He does, and um, I, I really enjoy the way he builds dialogue. Um, I, I sometimes struggle in in Marvel books because they try to pack too much into dialogue in my mm-hmm. opinion. Um, because they try to, they don't, they don't like to do narration I found. Yep. And so they try to pack a lot of like, Deus ex talkina. Deus expositiona. Yeah, exactly. And, and it, it kind of weighs down books in my opinion, but I feel like he does a really good job of making very realistic and, articulate and mm-hmm. interesting and properly flowing dialogue yeah dialogue such a like particular and 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 beast you know like it's and so stuff. hard to, yeah, to and it's master you know simultaneously making everyone seem like different people while also not making anyone seem flat or boring or not you know? real yeah or unrealistic if, and the minute you incorporate a line that doesn't have the rhythm that would naturally occur in a conversation yeah i'm out yeah like i'm completely taken out of the scenario yeah, and i'll stumble over it for like sucks 10 minutes, out your immersion and then i'll yeah. get mad at it and then yeah. i don't want to finish reading <laughs> and cry for a bit you know flagellate yourself you don't have then... to tell people what i do on my own time okay saying, that's, that's my time seize wednesdays um what did you think here's a question so this book had the four panel spread in it that marvel had been touting um in their marketing leading up to this as the most important page in x-men history to which jonathan hickman said whoa 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 marvel slow down you're always you're always being so unrealistic this is the most important page in marvel history so this book had that one in it what did you think about it? <laughs> I am suspicious that this one page is going to happen again. Okay. I so it did nothing. Yeah, in my I was gonna opinion. say it better happen again or tie up somewhere because that's it was what I'm thinking. Garbage. I don't think that was the page, and I think that's important. Like I think. He likes to do that. Yeah. He likes to throw stuff in and be like, oh, you think I'm just kidding. And then do something in like eight issues later. And then that same yeah. panel line is there again. And it's like, 
The world just shook beneath our feet. And everything is changed and the world is different now. Yeah. And I, I'm hoping, I'm anticipating. I'm not even going to say I'm hoping. I will be genuinely surprised if by the end of all of this, those same four panels are not reused somewhere else and then either have like a follow-up panel or have the dialogue changed in that panel line or something. Like, I... I am suspicious if that's it. Yeah, it was it was very much nothing. It was um I don't want to give away all of it, but there's not a ton to give yeah, away. It was, it was not much of a reveal. Uh and it's a it's a five panel spread. I was wrong, not four. I was like, wait, something doesn't fit. Five panel spread. You can Google uh most in I don't know, we might have posted this on one of our social medias, I don't know. But I know we've talked about it in the past, but um, you can Google just most important page in uh, X-Men history, and there's a bunch of articles from back when it was first announced when they were teasing it, um, and it gives you an idea of what it looks at. So it shows you the five panels without the text. They added the text. It's garbage. It, <laughs> it's it's stupid, and I'm disappointed. I, like, as I was opening the book, I saw that panel, like that page, and I got so excited. I was like, this is so early in the book because it's like page three of this book. And I was like, ooh, like, ooh, girl, look, it's right here, it's happening, we're here. And then it sucked. I'm, I... Just like the first time I had sex. (laughs) You gotta walk away from this train of thought, man. It's... I gotta give up on that joke. The exposure is a little heavy. You're, I... Well, that's just because I podcast without pants, too. So I'm always exposed. I've really, I've asked I'm you to put exposed. pants on. I, I don't, okay, close your legs. I'm straight on, what's that movie? Uh, uh, basic Instincting. Yeah, you. you're Sharon Stoning <laughs> and I need you to stop. I have pants on, guys. I didn't yeah. even, I didn't even change after work because I'm kind of stinky. <laughs> I'm That's kinda, why he's on the other side right. of We're the actually room. recording in different rooms right now. We have very long cables. <laughs> <laughs> and very loud voices. So anyway, Powers of X, House of X, it's trucking along. You'll probably hear Powers us of talking. Ten. Powers of 10. I'm still going to say Powers of X. It I just know. makes more sense. Um, it's just easier. We'll probably, honestly, we'll probably talk about this every week. Just until it wraps up. Just it's kind of like, like War of Realms. Yeah, it's a, it's sure a, it's a big deal. And, you know, Marvel's been shoving it down our throats. So we'll see. We've officially been introduced to every new character that they've announced, I think. Like all the new characters that they were hyping. However, all the like... Again, if you didn't see these, look them up. They posted a bunch of, like, concept art of these, like, new characters. And they had a bunch of, like, redacted shit on it. So, we don't know what all the redacted shit is yet. Um, I was actually going to pull those up. I never got a chance to. I was going to pull those up and see if I could... Decipher. Decipher what they were trying to get at. Um, But, anywho, Powers of X. Check it out. Make sure you get House of X. Uh, Again, if you're not in the know, it's a 12-week thing that's going to end in october and then there's going to be a ton of new x books um some by hickman some not by hickman that are gonna i guess be curated by him so they can fit whatever story he wants to tell so yeah on to a different creator who had a big week um because i guess hickman had a big week hickman's gonna be having a lot of big weeks. was a bad segue anyway uh colin (laughs) bunn had a big week good for you colin we that's like it. you, Cullen. That's it. That's all I got. Well, that was fast. Anyway, next. Uh, no, anyway. Uh, Cullen, 
For real though, Cullen Bunn had a big week. He had two uh, independent titles come out. Oh, um, awesome! From different companies. So one, Knights Temporal, was from Aftershock, and uh, the other one was called Manor Black, and I believe that one was from Dark Horse, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they were both very good. I am very excited to see where both of the yeah dark horse where both of those go very different in tone um i was worried with knights temporal that i was going to be too much like what was the book crap it Uh escapes me oh no i Um, literally just watched the thought come out of his head and like pop like it was like a bubble Uh, oof anyway um there was a book from image that was about these knights that were like the pride of their kingdom and then some bad shit went down and they kind of all fell into this depression and then eventually they went to go on this quest to help this village with this wizard they didn't really believe in magic stuff it was not that kind of medieval world but when they get there there's like dragons and this dude's like slinging this crazy stuff but it's because he's a time traveler um i was worried it was going to be like that and hopefully um t will be able to do a google and help i'm me working remember, on it but help continue. me remember the name of it because it was so good and you should check it out um but it wasn't it was it was um kind of more of a straight up fantasy feel to it but it you know does have time travel stuff it handles the time travel stuff in a very interesting way um in a way i haven't personally seen like you have a lot of like people coming from the future to tell you about your past but this is a person from the past coming to the future, finding out about something that happens when he goes to a different point in time later on. You know what I mean? Hmm. And it, it's it's really interesting. It it seems like there's going to be an interesting narrative there, and I'm excited to see. Don't know much about the characters, like, at all. Like, there's not a lot of character development in this first issue. Um, bad guy, good guy, don't really know. Um, there might be magic involved or some sort of magic-y type stuff. Um honestly it leaves a lot open it leaves a lot of questions on the table a lot of stuff open um but the art was really dope and the story seems really cool the character seems really cool um and i'm always down for you know fantasy stuff having a little bit of a sci-fi flair to it um so that one that one was really good manor black kind of similar you know gives you a general idea of the premise gives you some hints as to where the story's gonna go but doesn't really like dive in there felt a little um it was kind of like downton abbey meets lock and key or like um umbrella academy meets hill house like it had some like horror elements and magic elements to it and but was very much focused on like magic stuff um and like family and like family quabble like quibbles and stuff like that um but it looks cool it's uh the premise essentially is this dude has to find a uh someone to take over the family when he passes away um and his family's sorcerers and they're you know responsible for some sort of magical brouhaha i'm guessing they're uh you know very important probably one of those like our bloodline holds back the darkness or some kind of thing um they live in this like 
bonkers ass haunted looking house out in the woods this mage or like young magical girl is being chased by these bad magical people after her compatriots were all killed off by this dude who can just like straight up set shit on fire and she stumbles upon this guy the guy immediately like helps her out and you can tell he's going to take a liking to her and what the you know further story like it's easy to decipher what the further story is going to be he's going to want her to replace him and his family who seem like total dickheads huh. are going to not like that so it'll be interesting to see that whole thing so it's like this magical story but it also has this kind of like behind the scenes like you know social. intrigue to it kind of yeah. kind of family social intrigue stuff huh. um but it was cool and it's a little bit more playful in its art style like a little little bit cartoony it feels like a jeff lemire book oh okay. you know yeah um but it, it was it was a cool book now the book you were referencing before was not night guardians of relativity was it no Okay. I have no idea what that is. That's a Titan Studios book that okay. actually sounds almost identical to what you've described. Uh-huh. So apparently this is a common theme. Yeah, I guess so. Knights and time travel and fantasy and stuff. So, cool stuff. Speaking of time travel. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite series of all time wrapped up this week. Oh, yeah? Paper Girls, number 30. It is the end of an era. Paper Girls is one of the most brilliantly written, batshit crazy, left field, constantly sweeping you out from the rug and dropping you in the middle of a dark void, not knowing what the hell just happened at the end of every issue. And now it's done. And admittedly, I'm a little sad. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Um... I thought the ending was beautiful. Green Valley. The name of the book is Green Valley. The name of the book is Green Valley. I'm sorry. It's Green Valley. It's by Image Comics. If you haven't read it, you need to read it because it is very good. Well, shit. Now we're going to have to read it because it's like a huge deal and sounds... I I mean, I want to know now. It is very good. Um, Who wrote Green Valley? If it's Colin Bunn, I'm going to shit a brick. No, it's... uh, (laughs) Max Landis wrote it. Uh, Giuseppe Comancoli did the art. It is very good. It's so good. Ugh, love that book. I hope they bring that back. Anyway, Paper Girls wrapped up, and I'm very sad about it. I think the whole reason you still went looking for this other book was because you're trying to pretend that Paper Girls isn't done. Yeah. Well, that and I hate leaving a suggestion without like hey here's the title and the people who did it congrats to those people and you should go read it um go to your local comic book store and get them to order you a trade but really it's paper girls but yeah it's also that i don't want to talk about paper girls again but here's the thing the ending was (laughs) wonderful it was great it was i loved it it wasn't like it didn't pull one of those ending tropes of like but wait there's more or like nope hey, they actually remember everything or nope. like one of them figured something out or, you know, anything like that. It was, you know, in the last issue, they were like, we got to send you back, but you're going to forget everything. And they were like, what if we don't find each other again? We refuse to forget. We refuse to forget. Yeah. Oh, sorry, kids. You forgot. Yeah. Well, and I think one of the most impressive parts about this is that 
Vaughn has been writing the most batshit crazy story to ever stories. Bananas. Yeah. Just for absolutely 30 bananas. issues. It has been all over the map. It has been simultaneously completely overwhelming and clear and obscured and confusing, but also yeah. totally easy it's, to follow. It's more straight up bananas than a bag of runts after I've had a night with it. That's actually a really valid argument right there. Like, I don't like the banana ones. He will not eat the banana ones. I don't even like the banana ones that much, but I end up eating basically nothing but bananas because he eats everything else. That was a bizarre joke. That was one of those like jokes you find in like a corner shop in some tourist town. That was a joke. You didn't know you needed it, but you saw it and you were like, I got to get something. I'm going to take that home. <laughs> we, we gave you that joke because sometimes we want you to know a little more about us. We want we yeah. want to bring you into the fold, but like all the first sex stars. <laughs> oh God, it's like true. All that discussion. This has been a very personal episode. Yeah. We're we're we want you to we're, feel like you're. With I feel us. like hey, I feel I feel like I feel like we're really connecting here, and I just want you to know that. So I, back. I feel you too. <laughs> so back to my thought. <laughs> We've done this amazing journey, this incredible thing. He's written so many things yep. in this book. And then the end, he does the most incredible job of just depicting these four girls as girls mm-hmm. in life. Yep. There's there's nothing out of the ordinary about them. There's nothing particularly special. They're not yeah, it felt very Stand By Me. It was just yeah. kids hanging out. It was like, it was the end of the movie, and yeah. they're going to go their separate ways. They're going to do their own things. They're going to go elsewhere, and we know more about their futures than they do. Yeah. And well, that that's scary, too, because you still know, like, they're smoking cigarettes, and yeah, yeah. I'd rather, you know, die than live a life that's boring. Yeah. yeah. You're like, Ugh, oh. I just got stabbed. Oh. <laughs> well, and I think it's cool because, you know, they have that. It's kind of this sad moment where they finish up with their route and then they just kind of go their separate ways. And then Aaron, who is our kind of focal point for the majority of it, is like, hey, don't, you know, and then they go hang out. And it's so it's this kind of it's this message of like, you know, yes, their initial friendship was really developed in this like strife and this adventure. But like. It's still gonna be there. The friendship's still gonna be there. You know Some what I mean? Level of the it thing remains. they were the thing they were worried about the most about losing, about this connection that they'll they built. never lose. They're not gonna lose it. They're gonna keep it, you know, they're gonna go hang out for a little bit longer until they have to get ready for school or whatever. And then that's gonna result in them like calling each other and that's gonna result in them like biking to each other's houses and stuff like that. Like they're <laughs> gonna make that bond by just having a few hours in a morning the same bond that they developed fighting cavemen and dinosaurs and people with lasers and getting transported all over the place in time and stuff like that. That same bond is going to happen just by being kids together. Brian K. Vaughn just taught us that it doesn't matter what dimension you're in or what time period you're in or what type of dress or environment you're in. Relationships are relationships. Yep. And they're going to, they're going to build and form and grow no matter what. It was super cool. It was a great series. I yeah, really like series. If you have somebody who's into comics, great gift idea. I know we haven't like we're not 
at the holidays yet, but a cool gift idea. They're going to eventually have hardcovers for this entire series. And since unlike things like Saga or, you know, East of West, like those kind of really popular, like really like critically acclaimed series that are still going, you know, Paper Girls has a defined in now, a nice little package. And I think yeah. it's going to be like three hardcovers. And the hardcovers are these like beautiful, brightly colored, like pearlescent books. That would be a dope gift for it's somebody. True. If you know somebody who loves image books and they haven't read Paper Girls or they love Paper Girls, get them all three. That'd be a beautiful, just on a shelf, these brightly like neon colored hardcovers. That'd be freaking sick. So thank you to Brian K. Vaughn. Thank you, BKV. For, uh, Thank you to Cliff Chang. Yep. The art in that in those books is oh, yeah. amazing. Fantastic. We we appreciate you and we appreciate the love and effort and thought and passion you put into this piece. And, yeah. and it was absolutely crazy. It Every was reading it reading it as issues, <laughs> it was probably one of my favorite like books to get as an issue. Um in that like it was my favorite book like i think if i was reading it as trades i know i just built up the hardcovers so this is shitting all over everything i just said but if i was reading it as trades i don't think it would have been as astounding of an experience as reading the individual issues because you wait like a month or two and you're like okay this issue's finally out do i remember what happened in the last issue i do good we're gonna get some answers and then shit just goes nuts and you're like oh jesus and then you have to wait another month it's like Brian K. Vaughn personally coming to your house and splattering you with paint once a month. And, and you then just, just leaving. But you never know when it's going to happen. So you like go to the can and BKV's just like, pocket paint! And you're like, ah, God! It's true. You it know? was absolutely true. And it was so much fun because we were both reading it. And so like one of us would read it first. And then we'd just be like, what? And hand it to the other person. And the other person would read it. And then we'd look at each other and be like, what? what? I know! I don't know! And you'd never actually say anything about yeah. the book. It'd just be exclamations of like, oh my God, I know, right? What? Oh my God. <laughs> well, and I love that, you know, he had all these things going on and all these like complex things, all these complex timelines and time hopping. And none of it really, like he didn't tie it all together. He didn't give it all a reason or an excuse. It was just a fun. It just was. It just was. It was more about the girls and their growing relationship. And, like, seeing where life would take them. And that's how it should be. And less about, like, why are there dinosaurs? Explain that one. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. why is there a giant whatever that, like, microbial bear thing is? I forget what. Oh, first yeah. Word. Um, why is there one of those fighting a Gundam? You know? Like, <laughs> what's going on? Um, so, yeah. I, I, I just. And it's. Like, there's just so much good about that book. Like, if you want to collect the issues, it makes a beautiful issue run because the issues, like, the hardcovers, all these brightly colored. They got Cliff Chang art in, like, just the outlines and then, like, just bright colors. You know what I mean? Like, every single one is just, like, bright book. And they're all on cardstock. It's so the it's same like, colors you expect from, like, Elisa Frank. Yeah, it varies more, so it's, you know, got a lot of variety of the color, and it kind of, like, progresses. I would love to, like, spread all my books out and just see. Um, so it's a great one to collect in issues. They're sturdy because they're all in cardstock. It's got great, like, the trades are all brightly colored and pretty. It's a confined series, so, like, if you're looking for something that you can just, like, get all the trades in one go or whatever, like, it's there. The hardcovers are gorgeous. There's just so much good about this book. And then to end it, in a way that was very much like 
very dangerous ending because the ending was essentially like all oh, that didn't happen didn't matter fuck you you know what i mean um and that's what it could have been and it could have been like a total piss off ending but it was beautiful but it, was so it good. just worked it yeah. was just so good it just made sense um and it made the whole thing it didn't make the whole thing like this crazy it didn't invalidate it yeah it didn't make it like invalidate it and make it this like it never happened deal with it it just made it this like wacky fantastic adventure like adventure that these kids get to go on these kids that are reaching that point in time where they don't get to dream about wacky crazy adventures anymore anymore you know because they're all getting to that age where they're going to start growing up and they're not going to be like playing imagination in their rooms anymore and so they got to have this last kind of hurrah and yeah it got wiped from their memories but they still had that experience yep you know we know it happened really cool yeah it's 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 like this pleasant irony, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Where like we know it happened, they don't, and and it was just cool. And honestly, it may Freaking be for dope. the best that way because even though it sucks, like you know that they don't remember everything, now they get a chance to grow up. Yep. So. Yeah, it's very cool. Anyway, I think that's it for the evening. That will wrap it up. That will finish us off. That is so. that is us. It was a cool week of comics. It was, it was a really cool week of comics. It was. There was a lot going on, and I really enjoyed it. And we hope you enjoyed us talking about it. Yep. Because we're podcasters, and if you don't like it, then you're going to stop listening, and that would suck. Indeed. If you want more from <laughs> us, you can check us out on... Facebook, Facebook and Twitter at Cover B Podcast or on our website, uh, CoverBPodcast.com. Yeah, yeah, CoverBPodcast.com. And the cool thing about CoverBPodcast.com now is that all of our episodes are on our blog. So you don't have to go anywhere else. You can go to your one-stop shop where you can listen to our episodes and you can look at our stupid faces on the About page Woo. and you can check out our Instagram there yeah. and you can buy merch from our page. Woo. You just go to CoverBPodcast.com and just get your cover beat on um and i i wanted to mention real quick um because somebody actually asked me about it i know we haven't done a lot of like tv show or uh movie episodes like real extras in a while honestly we watched jessica jones kind of late and there wasn't a whole lot to talk about um we don't have amazon video so we can't watch the boys but we might because i've had a lot of people telling me that we need to so we might make that work and then there hasn't really been a lot of like comic related movies so in theory we should have in theory new mutants in theory in august yeah um in theory in theory but if we if we have a dry spell for a while maybe we'll throw in like a special episode like we'll figure out a key issue or something yeah i mean anyway i just wanted to i wanted to give excuses we got stuff coming down the pike we're gonna do some key issues we might have another graphic novel piece coming up yep so don't worry we're thinking about you we'll get more it's also just been hellish lately summer has like blown us straight off ready for shit to chill out yeah we need we it's been a lot y'all it's been a lot anyways get out there and attack your weekend um whatever it is that you set your mind to i hope you achieve it and I hope you get to spend your weekend with people that matter to you and people that you care about. Maybe people that you haven't seen in a while. If you haven't called your parents in a while, give them a call. I know I haven't called mine in a while, so I really need to. Um, but yeah, get out there and have a good weekend. Thanks, y'all. And listen to us next week on the next episode of Cover Me. Bye-bye. Bye, fam. <laughs> <laughs>